0: Welcome to Riverdale. Oh lord, welcome to Riverdale. Um shit. Harder, better, faster, stronger. Um this is Welcome to Riverdale a carefree Black Nerd review show. Where we cover the weekly hijinks and shenanigans of Riverdale's very own. I'm your host, Rain Coleman, and goddamn, um, I'll be covering episode six, which is Faster Pussycats Kill! Kill! <laughs> Look, I... alright. Before I go forward, it is three plots going on in this uh, particular episode. It's Archie and his uh, Beatles breakup of the Pussycat Dials, it's Betty. Detective Betty and Jughead uh, searching out Polly, <clears throat> and the C plot Hermione and Fred. Now, I didn't roll notes. I didn't call myself friggin'. I don't know. If paying close attention, I'm. Um, this episode had me all types of fucked up and halfway in my feelings. Um, uh, I don't know. We start off with Betty, who I actually I'm really feeling Betty. Um i think at times i don't want to i don't know why don't ask me why don't analyze me but sometimes i just don't want to like betty but i can't help but as campy and corny as it is that she's this little high school detective trying to find solve the mysteries it's like that trope of you know the little schoolhouse detective but the 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 thing that she's detecting is something that's so serious is the freaking murder of a fellow uh, student. In addition to that, trying to find out what the hell is going on with her uh, sister and Betty having to go at odds and blow for blow with her family. I think that's kind of what keeps pulling me into staying on her team. We all know, anybody who's been listening this far know I have a touch and go relationship with Mommy Dearest. I kind of, I'm I'm there for her. Most times not, but... A lot of shit didn't happen this episode. Um, start off with Betty in her room talking to her mama. I can't remember getting ahead of myself if there was a shirtless scene of Archie because that's been the consensus. That's been like the running theme through all these episodes. Is there's been one shirtless scene. I can't remember if there has been. And I didn't know. I guess tweet me or whatever. But Betty opens up with, uh, "Oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you, Jughead will be joining us for breakfast," which. Her mama is like the most sourpuss-ass, angry motherfucker in this entire city. Um, we get kind of that mirror image, um, of that callback to Veronica at dinner with the Blossoms. It's get that same kind of feel with Jughead having breakfast with the Coopers, uh, minus the dad Hal, and uh, the conversation is just. Like every other sarcastic ass mom in this show It's like um, You know oh, I have you to blame for my daughter Investigating this murder And then she's like oh no I want it I want a junkhead to investigate the blue and gold with me And this is where They have that running theme of this being two different shows Because you have the teenage angsty drama But you also have the adults Cutting the fuck up as well um, And I'm, I'm, I'm here for it I appreciate it every little bit that uh that this episode provided and the consensus of this episode is really family drama and i'm not even gonna say dysfunctional family because hell every family got some crazy in it somewhere but this just we've got these pristine characters you know who have little flaws or the flaws are so polished and, and filtered but now it's just like no these motherfuckers is crazy and that's just what it is um So we get her with the Coopers, and then Betty goes into her mom's purse after her mom walks Jughead to the bathroom, and I'm thinking in my head, you live here, like, you don't have to sneak around your own house and look through stuff, yeah, you're sneaking into your mom's purse, blah, 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 but, like, you live here with her, like, you have access to her things, so... I guess it went to keep the narrative going That she's doing some detective work But it was kind of odd to me Hell, my mom leaves her purse in the living room In the bathroom, in the kitchen, in her bedroom Like, if you want to go in it It's right there, there's no sneaking involved Um, But uh, we get past that And we go to the, the introduction of the Riverdale Variety Show Where Kevin Keller, of course The gay character, is the one who's the The theater guy who is um, the MC for the uh, variety show. So he of course has to audition everyone. And in true Kevin Keller fashion he lets you know this is what's going on. This is a 75th annual. This is a tradition in Riverdale and blah 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 yada yada yada. Uh, What's significant about this scene is the loser and the most boring person of this damn show Archie Andrews. Sitting on stage in his guitar while Reggie is heckling him. And that's fine. And I get that this is a variety show and this is auditions. But I don't have sympathy for Archie because I think he's a trash-ass character. But for <laughs> Reggie to bark out at him, um, I think uh, Archie got fr- frustrated or flustered. And he's like, okay, I'm I'm trying. No, no. Uh, Kevin said, okay, uh, try or something to that effect. And he shot... <laughs> Reggie shouts out, so try harder and try not to suck so much and like stick the football. And it was funny because Archie ran off stage pretty much in tears. Not really, but really. And uh but I feel like why are you here? That was something I mean, is it just to be the antagonist? Why was the damn starting lineup of the football team at the audition? That was maybe it's just me and the way I'm thinking it's kinda of pulling me out of these with these little bits that don't make sense to me, but if you aren't displaying a talent or auditioning maybe it was just open to watch but that was odd um let's see uh archie with his sad ass then um we discover betty and uh jucky had discovered that these what is it these sisters of quiet mercy home for troubled youth is uh what betty uncovered in her mom's uh purse which is something that i figured like that to me was like okay, this is common sense. I kinda figured from the very beginning that if Polly is in a mental institution that it's not some glamorous ass place, like some nice rehab. I always pictured her being in this straitjacket type, you know, um, I guess commercialized what we get in movies and T V of people in mental institutions, not to be insensitive to people with actual mental disorders, but that's just what I pictured. So when um I'll follow this storyline. Um, Betty and Jughead show up. Um, and they go in and ask to see Polly. Well, Jughead isn't allowed because he's not family, I assume. Uh, Betty gives her ID. She goes, "Sub so this none who gives you very much um, old white lady version of Mr. Smith um, from Matrix. Or maybe not even that. She just gives you this... Actually if you're watching Legion right now, something I haven't been covering, but the Emma Frost type character from that show, she kinda gives you that look, but just very um bad mistress nun from uh, <laughs> from uh sister act or something. Well she walks up by Polly's room, which is regular room, it's kinda a little messy and she's like, Well, you know, Polly is usually out in the garden of disobedience or whatever the hell that shit was called. So Betty walks out and I, I don't know why I got extremely excited knowing that we were about to see Polly this infamous Polly who's been discussed like f- since before day 1 well um this scene probably is my favorite scene in the show or one of my favorites mainly because um as a viewer you don't you, oh my it's everything happens so quickly i kinda of predicted what was gonna happen but the shit was just laid out. Um Betty walks up to Polly, they embrace Polly's wearing this ugly nurse candy striper uniform that all the patients are wearing. But um she's like, Oh you came for us And I was like, Okay, hold up, that's red flag right there. Who the hell is us? I'm like, does Polly have split personalities or is Polly is somebody else there with Polly? Well of course. Like I told y'all last episode, a friend of mine that texted me and uh, predicted that Polly was pregnant, well, here's to you friend, you're right, she's pregnant, Uh, Polly has a noticeable bump, I don't know what trimester this is, Um, July 4th is when they were scheduled to run away together, so we'll say this is roughly September, (sighs) October-ish, I don't know, maybe four months along, three, four months along, I don't know. Uh, I don't even know that that's really significant. But, um... So then, you know, they get to talking about how horrible their parents are... And how the Coopers have kept those girls apart. And it makes sense. Now things kind of do fall into place where... Knowing how Alice, um... A.K.A. Mommy Dearest is... And how... How they are... One with the Blossoms and then with their daughters... It makes sense that... They would make up that she's, um... Mentally stressed or whatever to get her out of the picture... (coughs) excuse me because she's pregnant well it goes back to that oh you don't want um you know sending a young girl away to live with her family down south and then she comes back nine months to a year later with now you have a little sister or baby cousin or something so the um there's no shame quote-unquote on the family that this young girl has had a baby out of wedlock and had a baby before she graduated and blah 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 whatever so this does for me make sense with the characters and what we've been presented with so far doesn't make it right but it does make a ton of sense um the thing in this episode that kicked me in the gut is we've been hearing about Polly, so i guess they've been slowly giving you kind of an emotional connection to her and now when she's on screen regardless of how you feel about the way she looks or her acting or whatever she is significant she's very important i knew she was coming because i looked at the imbd early um before the show even aired but i didn't think i was going to care as much about her as i do or as i did when polly says you know oh whatever i'm glad you found us this then the third year parents. they said that you didn't want to see me i knew there was a lie oh whatever yeah this is jason's baby i can't wait to run away with him um can you get a message to him when she says that line which is may not be verbatim but when she says can you get a message to him and betty says uh to who and polly says uh to jason my heart sank like it did jumping jacks from my chest to my belly button to my throat back to my like it was Oh, i was like god damn because i it's like this scene happened so swiftly like whoever edited and wrote the scene and shot the scene they did such a good job where i felt like i was predicting things that were that were going to happen doing it accurately but i just couldn't keep up with the show because i was so invested in the conversation they were having that shit took me out young polly had no idea that jason was dead and they didn't even and i don't know if this goes to the whole pg nostalgic archie of this show but they never once said jason is dead jason's been shot jason's been murdered but it was relayed effectively through betty's acting and polly's acting and their silent language with each it was just it was a beautiful scene it was heart-wrenching but it was beautiful after that we get good old big judy nurse whoever whatever her name is was like come with me young lady she takes betty off to some room betty has horrible cell signal she's trying to call jughead well let's back that up a little bit there's been this jughead betty Alliance going on And they've been Knocking out crimes Or um, Uncovering crimes And shit So he's her partner In crime And I get Getting ahead of myself They do share a kiss And there's this whole Betty Jughead Love Situation And With the show I can see that being a thing But I can't see that being a thing I understand they're taking liberties With the characters And race bending And everything But I think one thing That's been significant Um to Jughead has been that he is asexual um so to have him and Betty kiss I'm all for it with the show but then you're kind of maybe erasing that demographic of people um much in the ways that you kind of erase Bisexual people When it comes down To women claiming Excuse me When women say That they're bisexual And then the attitude is Oh um, no you just Haven't found the right man Or if a guy claims He's bisexual And it's like Oh no you're just gay It's like you're Completely erasing The identity of these people And I felt like That's what they did With Jughead But that's me Like I said before I'm giving this show Kind of enough rope And enough slack To just enjoy it Because one No show will be perfect For everyone And then two They've done so many other things, and I hate to sound like I'm being insensitive, but there is that level of um erasing this this demographic of people who aren't normally represented in media, so I think that that's a big deal, and that's an issue, and at the same time, I do think that his kind of sort of relationship with Betty works the narrative for me, it works for me only because I kind of figured this was the route they were going so i already prepared myself for it but then at the same time it doesn't work because i don't see any romantic anything between them and it kind of for me gets in the way of their presentation because it's when they when jughead kissed betty it gave me um it took me back to that idea that men and women heterosexual men and women can't just be friends and I felt like that friendship was a good, solid friendship. It was very different from Betty's and Archie's and Betty's and Kevin's and very different from Jughead's and Veronica's and Jughead's and, you know, any any other female uh, lady, woman. And I I don't know, so I'm very torn on this kiss. Like, I'm splitting in a lot of different directions. I will say, with the show itself, overall, it fit, and it was okay. But there's something there that I'm, that's not sitting well with me. Um what else let me see where we are now okay so they go into the um uh, she goes into the room she's like locked in there and walks who mommy dearest with her her Caucasian Olivia Pope ass she opens the door and Betty's like what are you doing here and she's like what are you doing here she said I pay these sisters good money you don't think they tell me when Polly gets to visit her and it's like (sighs) Betty's parents are so dangerous I feel that they're very dangerous because this is, now you may be doing what you feel is best for your daughter, but the way in which they're portrayed and the things we've seen them do, not even the things that other characters have spoken about them doing, just seeing how they've been acting, both Hal and Alice. They are very dangerous. And I am watching this again through the context and through the lens of the movie Get Out by Jordan Peele. And I, that's something I just can't help but do. So that's what's, that's what's going to happen from here on out. So <laughs> if you haven't seen Get Out or you don't like Get Out, I don't know what to tell you. But be prepared for it. <clears throat> With that being said, the Coopers for me are the Archballs or whoever the the white family from Get Out is. its They're very... Oh, malicious. They're very um, conniving and manipulative. They're very controlling, and it oh, and what what screams to that more than anything is a, a scene coming up when um Alice walks out with <coughs> excuse me with Betty, um then Jughead joins them and they're like leaving. They run across Polly. Polly's like, Mom, you didn't tell me. You know I've been in here. You didn't tell me that Jason was murdered. Blah blah whatever. We get past that when Betty is in the room talking to her parents. And she um, is questioning them, which for me, I felt like, oh, she big and bad, like she got a lot of balls, mainly because you live in the house with these people. You have seen firsthand, not even 30 minutes ago, that they've locked up your sister. Your sister is telling you, which I overlooked, but I'll take a step back. She's telling you about her relationship with Jason. All of it rings true, and they still locked her up. Why I said it remind me of the family and get out is because they're so. This scene where Betty outright confronts the big elephant in the room dad did you kill jason she's like um jason got poly pregnant you hate the blossoms the blossoms don't like you you have motive he's like motive to what motive to kill motherfucker motive to fucking kill what do you mean keep keep up keep up 16 year old betty got y'all talking shit betty is capable (laughs) let me calm down (laughs) betty is capable as hell everybody's acting like she is fucking crazy and she is dealing with a whole hell of a lot in the midst of her sister being thrown away, the neighborhood boy who her sister dated being shot in the head, her uncovering all these damn secrets after secrets after secrets and taking stuff into her own hands to then have to add on top of that that your parent could possibly be a murderer? She's like, look, nigga, you want that to drive in. When my mama came and dragged my little nail behind and Archie and Fred into Miss Grundy's office, you, where the fuck was you at? You was nowhere. Did you go into Keller's uh, office? And that's. <laughs> he talking about now nah, what you're talking about how in the hell do these kids have so much access to their parents in their professions why why do they even have why do these kids have access to kevin keller's sheriff keller's freaking notes and shit but um alice starts crying and sobbing and this is the point where i'm like oh this is get out this is the movie get out when she's crying and I don't have any empathy for it, but I'm like, okay, where is this going, Alice? Are you, are you hurt that your daughter is accusing y'all? Are you hurt that she's uncovered your secret, or what? This whole star is cackling. She said, "You think this nigga right here is capable of fucking murder?" That's what she said verbatim. So if you ain't seen this episode, that's sorry for you. She said, "You think this nigga?" <laughs> she didn't, but the very this transformation that she had from sobbing mother grief stricken mother to this kind of larger than life evil villain when she stands up and shouts at Betty she's like you think he and the way she emphasized you think he was able or he has enough balls or he was capable for me it rang that no I killed Jason then she said something like oh I wish uh I wish he would have or something and to me it felt like motherfucker Hal is a is a pushover me alice i could kill this nigga that's what i could do um but it, that even that seems to be too much on the nose so i'm still kind of leery of um of <laughs> thinking that alice killed him only because it just that just seems like it's too easy of a fit of a puzzle piece to fit and also she says um she says the comment about him dying, and she wishes that, she, um, that he would have done it. And it's like, uh, it, it just seems to be too too close to home for me to say that she killed Jason. It's still a possibility. She, I will tell you now, she's on my list, but I just can't think that she... I think she has something to do with it, but I don't think that Alice did it. Um, and that's what's scary, because she also stands up, she says to Betty... Um, you're acting crazy like your sister or something to that effect and me right then it was like a kind of quick throwaway line but my heart's dropped again because it was like okay is she about to lock betty up like before the rest of these episodes are finished will betty end up in the same uh home for wayward girls that her daughter that her sister is in and if that's the case oh my god, that's fucked up nobody can help you Whew. but taking a step back when betty's talking to polly we get the whole layout of July 4th from her point of view, which is... Look, uh, mom and dad didn't want me with uh, Jason. They sent me here when I was pregnant. Uh, Jason's parents made him break up with me. Uh, so we d- decided we was going to re- meet re- meet on the other side of the river's edge, hop in this motherfucking car, drive to this uh, farm, and raise this baby together. I never showed up because when she came down the fucking steps... Who's sitting there other than Miss Angry-Ass uppity Nose Nun Lady with two men from, like, this psych warfare magnificent children that she works in. And they took her away. And, my God, they are doing a hell of a job painting Alice as this evil villain. Because I hate this woman. Not the actual char- uh, actress, but Alice is a oh evil something. But at the same time gotta hear both sides <laughs> i feel like alice is going being extreme but i'm also someone who does not have a child so if you really think that this is the only way to make sure your child is safe or blah whatever i'm not saying that it's okay i'm just saying i don't know i don't have the right answers but they're making alice be every bit of an evil villain and you know i do like that it's alice and it's not hal it's they don't because it's usually that burden falls on the the male figure you always get these male figures who are fully fleshed out either be they villains or heroes or side characters or whatever and you don't always get the same treatment with women and so as much as i despise alice cooper i appreciate her in the same breath because she is this evil villain this woman who we've seen her be controlling we've seen the length that which she will go to control slash protect her family. We've seen her be vulnerable. We've seen her get in the fight. Like we've seen so much of her and she's not one note to me. So it kinda sort of she has this overarching theme, but she's not just one note like I'm just evil. I'm just evil. Like you get a sense that she really believes that she's doing the right thing just in the way that she feels like she has to. So I I digress Yet again for the seventh time <laughs> but I do think that Alice is a very good and very important character. Um what else? So um she tells the story and uh, Betty's like oh, okay and then she that's what she tells her that, you know, homeboy is dead. What um another thing that I do like about Betty's story is her and her and Jughead they had the kiss and that has not become Betty's um, sole purpose of being like she had, she's still the same character she was before she just happened to have shared a kiss with Jughead she's not now falling over him like they still back to their detecting friends because even right after the kiss she kind of pulls away not negatively but she pulls away she's like oh the car he's like what the hell are you talking about she's like well Polly said there's a car uh, 40 miles past the Maple Leaf and some other shit. But if we find that car, that will either confirm or it will confirm that Polly is crazy or it will confirm she's telling the truth. And I appreciated that as well. She's not just this one note. I need to be in love with this guy. Now that we've kissed. Oh, let's go on a date and forget that we're uncovering a mystery. Good for them. Fast forward a little more. They go and find a car that covered in leaves and tarp and shit, once they open the, which, why was this car just unlocked? Once they open the trunk, they're touching stuff, they see uh, Jason's varsity jacket, then they see um, some bricks of some kind, first thing I'll bet him off is, that's drugs, don't touch that, he puts it down, it's like, oh, this is a crime scene, well, apparently somebody is watching him, so we have another mystery, which, ugh, I'm I'm not about to document this mystery, because I already have my hands full with Jason, but I think that that may have been Hal, um or maybe um the nun or someone who works at the school the xavier school for bad pregnant girls or whatever um somebody was watching them they run to sheriff keller like hey sheriff keller blah blah just like okay i got your text they run back and the car is on fire all the evidence is burnt up so i'm looking forward to see how this plays out going forward and with that being said Kind of st- taking a step back to I think two episodes before Where um, What's the black guy name Freaking ugh, I forget, forgive me Um, Who Veronica went on a date with When he was expelled Along with some of the other football players Who were made in, an example of Because of their social media conduct Jughead had a line At the end of the show about These events affected us in the long run we we had no idea how something some kind of way some kind of variation of that and i'm wondering if this is maybe something to do with it it has the black guy was that him getting revenge on betty for telling the story like i I don't know i wonder if that's it that's I'm, we're gonna put a pin in that and maybe revisit this later all right reverse go back to the beginning of the episode we're now with the c plot or the b plot or the main plot whatever archie and valerie Valerie is beautiful. Before getting into Valerie, I need to say, why in the fuck don't we have more camera time with Mel? There are three Pussycat dials. We got Josie. We got Valerie. Mel is the token black girl of the black girl group Josie and the Pussycats. I want to see more of Mel going forward in some kind of way, as well as Valerie's brother. These black characters run around here just filling seats. These seat fillers, God damn it. But this right here threw me. It seemed like, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it was reminiscent of, like, a broken-up 90s girl group giving you some, like, TLC, Destiny's Child, Diva drama. (sighs) Because Valerie is helping Archie with his songs after he ran out with his tail between his legs. And they've been working together and got good chemistry, I guess. I don't see it for them. But... I it's clear that they want Archie and Valerie to be together and think looking back on the comics I can't remember if Archie and Josie are usually kind of pitted together as love love interests or if it's Archie and Valerie. I'm going to assume it's Archie and Josie because they are two lead members of the band and they are the leaders of their respective books and IPs but maybe they just switched it up for the show in any event. Archie is trash and him and Valerie have this little musical romance thing going on and she didn't him get the Oscar guy, the Hispanic dude from the last episode and so they have a little bit of rapport with each other and they <sighs> she he wants her to sing with him because he's afraid to do it on his own which I don't like Archie, but, you know, I can see that. This is something new for you. It could help to have a friend or familiar face. But I'm like, girl, don't do it. Fuck him. You have a group. And she's like, you know, I'm I'm a pussycat doll. And the entire time this show was going on, all I was thinking is, we are pussycat dolls because we have to claw our way into rooms you could just walk into. That's why I had no sympathy for Archie when he um, was talking about how afraid and scared he was. Because it's like, mm, okay. Lesser men than you, with lesser talent than you, are able to skate by on their looks, their whiteness, and their privilege. So, if that's one less guy who's able to do that and possibly take a spot from a pussycat now, I'm okay with that. But I did, you know, feel for him because it's new. Valerie's like, "No, I'm a pussycat now." Well, her and her and um, homegirl Josie get into it, and Josie is flying off the handle, and this is where. I'm torn again with them arguing and with Josie being so forceful and I want to say rude, but at the same time I'm not in a band and that's such a, there's a lot of things that I'm not that I can comment on. But I say that because this is something that is intense and this is something just like any sport. It's something that's intense and you want to excel at. And Josie with her non-sung right now um it's talking about no you don't sing on the bridge and Valerie's like no that it usually costs for two people she's like no blah, blah. and so they're arguing back and forth and she's like I don't have to deal with this when I'm working with Archie that's my problem with what she said because if you have an issue with Josie and the way she's conducting rehearsal and the way she's treating you that's one thing but to bring it up in context of dealing with this white man as if he's so much better for what like it's I can't put my finger on it I can't get out the words (laughs) that's in my head but something about the way valerie addressed that situation really seemed kind of fucked up to me because i think josie was wrong she snapped at her and she was you know rude or whatever but your issues with josie your issue isn't with having a better rehearsal with archie because you've been with the pussycats for quite some time and people can change their mind and make different decisions but archie if for no reason, but y'all having a semi-love romance fest or whatever, shouldn't even be considered when you're dealing with the pussycat dolls. But that's just me. And um, but Josie said made the comment, which again reminded me of the clawing our way into rooms comment she made before, which is that uh, I think Valerie said, "Well, it's just a variety show. It's not Madison Square Garden." She said, "Whether it be Madison Square Garden." or Ace Bowling Alley, you need to give it 150%. It's like, yeah, that's pretty much the assumption we've been running on when we've seen the Pussycat Dolls from the first episode because they've performed several times, albeit around the school and at that Taste Fest of Chicago that her mama put on, but they still performed. And for Valerie to make that offhand comment like, oh, it's just a variety show, it's like, "Mm, are we in the same group? Now, I can chalk that up to maybe the writer's, needing her to sound a certain way but if we're following the timeline of this show i see it as archie is a distraction and she doesn't need to fuck with him because he's getting away of something that she has that's real this white boy was just fucking his teacher yes she doesn't know about that well she should everybody else does move that motherfucker off to the side like he is in your way young lady <laughs> fuck him but all of that aside this whole like breakup of the pussycat dolls i I think when it comes to women of color or people of color, I'm automatically kind of on edge and looking at everything with a critical eye. But I'm able, I'm accepting of this because, of, needless to say, at the end they get back together. But it was a very intense episode for me because for us to get kind of a Josie and the Pussycats heavy or focused episode and for it to be about the breakup of Josie and the Pussycats, that is where It's like, was that necessary? Like, could we have went another route with having all of them being featured a little bit more on screen? Like, couldn't it have been some... I don't know. But it fits in with the drama of the show. So, I'm just... Let it be whatever it is. Um, although I was over here yelling at my damn screen like a crazy person. Like Polly at the, uh, school for wayward girls. (laughs) Um... But we get male Like kind of taking a back seat And I'm like well In all this arguing Does male not have a voice Is the drummer Not important Enough Or What So Um kind of taking a, a I don't know Segue to the C plot Hermione is working on the books of Fritz. Um They get to kissing Veronica happens to see them She's upset about it um, Then taking a couple steps back Veronica had originally offered to Sing with Archie so that he wouldn't be so nervous. Well, she walks in and sees her mom kiss a friend. She confronts her again, which is something she's been doing for the past two episodes. Is confronting her mom with these secrets that her mom has been sloppily just letting lay all out in Riverdale. If this is such a small town that you grew up in, true enough, word will get around. So how are you so... ugh? And uh, I will point out that we had no Cheryl in this episode, which is... Mm, felt a little... Something I don't know what that means, but there was no Cheryl this episode. Um, So she um, confronts her mom. Her mom's like, look, you know, this is just what it is. She's like, well, what's up with dad? Like, are y'all going to be together whatever? Which are legitimate concerns. Like, my dad has been in prison for three months. If you can't hold out for three months, uh what the fuck is going on? So, um which leads me to think that if he's only been in there for three months, and let's assume we're three months away from 4th of July, could Hiram Lodge have had something to do with Jason's murder? Like I'm just piecing this together as I record this, and at the time of this recording, I don't know much more than what's been said already. But um, in the last in the last five episodes, but I'm that's something to explore there. Um, so she's like, look, this what it is, and so Fred is talking to Hermione. He's like, look, you know. I know the books is they ain't dang worth shit, but I can't I can't fire my dudes. They've been down for me. We've been ride or die for years. Um, if I can get this contract with the local theater drive-in, then that's more money, and we can keep going. Well, Shady Little Hermione know that she didn't tank that deal, and her husband has control of that. Which, again, <sighs> Archie and his dad are both boring, but Fred is more interesting than Archie is. <clears throat> and this woman has flipped over backwards to secure Fred getting this contract, which inadvertently like kind of slaps Veronica in the face because Veronica is a shareholder at lodge industries or whatever. And so she forges her signature and gets him that, that deal. Well, my thing is Hiram going to come out and slap every motherfucker in Riverdale, everybody getting a slap because if he went this route to do this shady, illegal deal that they keep saying on top of the other shit that he's been doing and on top of the things that sent him to prison, You don't think he coming after you, Hermione? Like, yeah, you are interested in Fred and this is your little boyfriend right now, but you need to focus on your family. And I don't know what that says about me or what it says about the way I'm thinking, but illegal or not, you've already come this far with taking care of your husband's responsibilities to your family. Why stop now? Because this man has smiled at you a little crooked, like girl fuck Fred Fred is just as boring as Archie is like uh, I don't I don't get the appeal I mean I get that there's Luke Perry from you know 90's teen heartthrob or whatever but goddamn, come on um so so yeah so Valerie and Archie after Archie agreed to let Veronica um sing with him they decided they're gonna sing together well Archie decides it Veronica walks in in the student lounge at riverdale university because they don't go to class and um she's like look you know i'm ready to sing by whatever he's like oh um well you were just doing it just to be a friend right because i'm single with valerie i wanted to punch the screen on my tv on my tablet on my laptop on myself i just wanted to punch everything if i had walked out the house at that moment and saw a thin white guy with red hair he was gonna catch these hands What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, this is why I say... Archie is trash. Why is everybody falling over this motherfucker? He's insensitive. He's selfish. He's he's a garbage person. Period. But Veronica calls him off. She's like, look, motherfucker. You, um... You ain't shit, whatever, I don't know, she said some shit that was very PG. What she should have said is, you red, orange-haired motherfucker. Fuck you, fuck your ugly-ass daddy, fuck his horrible-ass marriage, and fuck you and that woman that you was fucking before, who's now out of time, fuck all of y'all, fuck everything that got to do with you, and kicked him in his motherfucking chest. I, he, Archie is trash, period. And so Valerie, which was, again, one of my favorite scenes, was her like, mmm, maybe i need to go and let you niggas handle this because they were arguing back and forth and then she brought up that their parents was kissing and his answer is well when my dad told me it seemed like they both were into it and i was supportive and my dad my mom is gone and your dad my hold up and veronica had this say nothing motherfucking word nigga that's what i thought she was gonna say she said my dad was he's like well well he's incarcerated Man, there's been so many moments in this episode where I feel like characters should have just physically attacked other characters. Because ain't no way what you're not about to do is sit here and disrespect her dad in this high strong situation. As if you can't read this woman's body language, it's clear to everybody that Veronica is upset. Regardless to if you think she's right or wrong, which I think she's right, she's upset. If she's your friend, not even love interest, if she's your friend like you said she is that's what you need to address is her being upset and that she's upset with you it may be misplaced anger due to your father and her mother but it's still you you are literally being an asshole right now and you're acting like she's the crazy one i was like ugh, archie is trash and um valerie's like look i need maybe i need to leave And he's like no Carol's daughter, you sit your natural haired ass down and you be uncomfortable in the middle of this argument because if you're going to be my girl, you have to deal with other girls. (laughs) Essentially, that's what he said. But that brings me to what I feel like they're kind of doing with this show is because you had the kiss between um, Betty and Jughead, I feel like the traditional Archie-Betty-Veronica love triangle will now be Archie-Valerie-Veronica because it seems like... Veronica is the only one out of Betty and Veronica who is still kind of pining after Archie, which probably contributed to that little blow-up she had with him. But it seems like she's the only one who's still kind of into him. And, of course, now we have Valerie who's into him, and they have their whole little thing that I originally thought was just a one-time thing last episode, but apparently this is ongoing. So, I think that Betty having her hands full with more important things... And her kind of budding, maybe, relationship with Jughead. I think that Veronica and Valerie will be the new Betty Veronica. Um, and that's... I'm, I mean, I'm here for it. I'm not here for Valerie and Archie because he's trash. But if you're going to mix things up, I think that that's an interesting way to go. And there's a lot of good stories that can be told. And if nothing else, we will see more Valerie. We, we will see more women of color. Um. I mean, you got male And Mel is... No, it probably sounds like I'm saying male, but male the uh, pussy cat down. I'm like, she's just lost in the sheath there. Like, they're, she's just sitting over there, wanting to play, and everybody else gets screen time. Their brothers get screen time. Their parents get screen time. She's sitting here looking like, okay, niggas, I just, I just want to play the drums, and I don't want to do that light skin dark skin debate. But you know, she is that little brown girl off in the corner, just waiting for her turn to speak up which uh, I just hope that changes more going forward and I'd like to see more of Reggie too can we see his family like I don't know if he has a sister or no I think he's the only child but with him being Asian and him being a core character in the Archie comics I want to see his parents give me Reggie's Asian parents and I, I hope if we get to see them we don't see that he's half white and half Asian and that is not a dig at anyone who's biracial and that's your genetic makeup but in this universe where we are bending characters i complain about the way that we're seeing the black characters but we're seeing even less of reggie who's asian give me more reggie give me his family like but um so to wrap that up you go and have the little uh, cherished jubilee variety show and um hermione and fred are talking and veronica's like okay what's what's up she's like well hey hey veronica uh your mom was just telling me that i just won the contract for the movie theater so going forward we know that uh veronica and her mom are about to have it out like i i wouldn't be surprised if they physically fight like it's gonna be some screaming going on and i feel like once they do stuff boils over and they have their meltdown that's when we're getting lodged we're getting Hiram lodge. Hiram is going to show up on the show and I think this is 13 episodes and since we're getting close to the halfway mark he's going to be the big bad for the rest of the season he just has to be and I know some kind of way he's tied into Jason's murder um we get uh okay and then Archie back to breaking up the pussycats we get Veronica angry after this argument stomping her ass down the hall she pops into the little recording room and she's like look Y'all look for a pussycat down? I'm angry, and I'm, uh, I'm ready to record. Before getting into that, Josie talked to her mom, the mayor, and was like, you know, um, Valerie left. You know, we need her. She's irreplaceable. She's like, no, girl, you're irreplaceable. So you just need to find you another um, another pussycat down, a woman of color. And make sure she's skinny and she's pretty, but not skinnier or prettier than you. And that, for me, rang true of the whole this consistent theme of the parents being not necessarily dysfunctional but they want so much for their children and it's coming out in different ways like to say that to a child like it makes sense overall because you want Josie to be the star but Josie don't even write songs which that, that didn't fuck me all the way up how are you the leader of this band and you don't write songs you are no longer the Beyonce of this group apparently Valerie is the Beyonce of this group you are the what? Latavia Latavia Jonesy what you, you and I'm I will say it's not that hard to write a song because in this universe Archie is fucking writing songs get your ass in the studio sit down with a pen and paper write some shit and hum out a melody and if not do not bitch and complain at the woman who can do it that's girl <laughs> um so she um that's when, but she says make sure it's a woman of color and the The fact that she said that line and Veronica came in and took the spot further enforces that, of course, Veronica is a woman of color, but that whole need for diversity, because she said, remember our brand, and it was just like, I had so many feelings about that interaction. One, it was beautiful to see this girl and her mother, these brown-skinned women, talking to one another and it wasn't this slave narrative it wasn't about a boy it wasn't about some man like the father was mentioned but it was mentioned in context with what was already going on like i really i really liked a lot of the interactions in this episode really in the show overall but this episode in particular and i'm very it gets me excited for the next episode and the rest of the season going forward because they for all the things that i feel like they're doing wrong they are kind of firing on all cylinders with doing their best at getting things right Like I said before, there's not one show that's going to be perfect for everyone or going to get everything right all the time. But Riverdale, I feel like, is doing a pretty okay job with that. Uh, Let's go forward to the dinner that we had with uh, Mr. Mayor, which is Mayor's um, husband, Miles, which kind of was on the nose when they said miles i was thinking miles davis because miles is a jazz musician i think he was in dc and josie was like uh my dad is missing the jazz fest for this i'm like what this black ass family he's missing the jazz fest the taste fest the essence festival the taste of chicago he's missing all this. he's missing afro punk like her dad was (laughs) missing all of the concerts to uh to come see her and it was the way in which they said it, it was like, well, that's your father. He should miss those things if he's able to. His job is to be a musician, so I know it's a big deal that he's missed them. But they said it, they delivered those lines in a way that was like... Of course, it was added pressure on her to do well, but it was like... If he's missing that for this, this shit needs to be worth it. And I'm like, damn, this is your high school child's performance. And so this, um, oh my God, this this dinner scene between mayor and miles and josie as well as fred and archie and hermione was so much tension pretty much if you go to riverdale do not sit down and eat dinner or breakfast with anyone's family period because these, these scenes are so they do them so well but they're so full of tension and, and angst. It's like, ah, so much came out of it. I can't even remember everything. I can't even get my hands on everything. But there was one comment that was made, which Miles, um they had said, you know, Veronica is now the new pussycat now. But he was like, going in on Valerie. Cause he was like, yeah, she, um, Valerie left the group. where she was Yoko Ono. And, of course, alluding to Archie. And Miles says, oh, she was, damn, what did he say? Not verbatim, but he was like, oh, she was, going places she was a um she was a good girl she was a special girl and that was very creepy to me not creepy in like a sexual sense it was creepy in the sense that this is your daughter right here and you're out of the group of three girls the group that she's in you're (laughs) you're putting more emphasis on another girl you don't want to make a difference when it's just the group performing. But this is your daughter. And she is sitting across the table from you. Oh, it, was just, it just didn't... It seemed like everyone had a parent who just wanted... Who they could never do right by. Period. It's like... Uh, and that leads me to think maybe Archie's mom is like this. Cause every, it seems like everyone has that one parent that just... Not is expecting too much. You, you just will never meet their expectations. And that's... that has to be heartbreaking Um, don't get into that scene too much I'd really suggest if you have not seen this episode this is one that you absolutely need to see if for nothing else but every one of these dinner table or breakfast table scenes crazy Um, but Miles says um, something he says Josephine Archie dumbass oh i didn't know your name was josephine and he snaps in what well, is josephine after josephine baker and i bet you don't even know who that is do you and it was so funny just watching them cut into this fucking airhead ass boy because shit his um his name it wasn't discussed it was more like oh wow your name is josephine but archie's name is archibald motherfucker y'all both have old names like yes, her name is Josephine, but your name is Archibald. So <laughs> that shock was like, oh, okay, well, I didn't know that was your name. But it was like, ooh, but you also have a odd name that I'm sure people don't know that that's your full name. Um, and then your name is Archibald, and your dad's name is Fred. If his name ain't Frederico or Frederic Giannis, why did he name you Archibald? <laughs> um, but then we go forward to the performance. Josie and Pussycats did an amazing job with Veronica up there. I like seeing that. I like seeing that they didn't just kick her out the group, that she was actually in the group. It'll probably be just for this one performance, but I still liked it. Um, then we get to Archie's performance, and they're still heckling him, and that bothered me because now we're at the Variety Show. This isn't auditions. This isn't me playing my guitar on the quad. This isn't me playing on the yard. This is me performing at a show you're heckling me i haven't even started what are you doing like his parents are there it's not like he was doing a trash ass job like archie is a lot of things but that whole ah that just seemed weird maybe that fits with this character of reggie but i i didn't like it that was odd um of course he does an amazing job and everyone claps for him and veronica with her creepy ass is sitting there in her leotard her um Single Ladies Leotard With the rest of the uh Pussycat Dolls Which They need to perform Beyonce's Kitty Cat If we get that On this show I All I'm gonna do Is clap For an, the entire recording Next recording Whatever episode it is I'm gonna just clap <laughs> But uh, she's recording him And everybody's celebrating And it's good times were had by all Well he gets this whole Superstar welcoming When he walks out Down the hallway And who's there but his beautiful natural haired goddess with her hair that's what is it the higher the hair the closer to Jesus or whatever her big curls and with her India Ari outfit and they're hugging and it's just it's all beautiful but I just don't buy that relationship but like I said before if it's going to be an Archie Veronica Valerie situation I'm all for it like I want to see different things like we've been seeing so far so i'm i'm okay with it all in all good episode um i think it's really fitting with the show it's moving the plot forward um new little mysteries have popped up and we got Polly. um shout out to my friend manny for texting me last episode before i even got a chance to see it talking about you know Polly pregnant right so you were right good congrats bro (laughs) um good episode uh, not to handle some business favorite character uh, I don't know I am torn because I want to say Josie just because I think she had a more emotional arc um, we learned even more about her her character was flushed out a little bit more we saw her father we saw the hurt she had when he got up and walked away during her performance we got um his punk ass we got uh, more of her mom seen more of Mayer See more of them together as a family unit I really like that but at the same time, Veronica is kind of like, she's it's not unlike everybody else in this godforsaken town. Everyone is dealing with all kinds of emotional stress, mental issues, physically responding to these stressors and triggers like... We didn't even get Cheryl this episode. Did she get sent away to boarding school? Is she off somewhere crying into her pillow? Is she off somewhere getting beat by her horrible, wicked ass parents? Like, everyone is dealing with hard issues. And Archie's just like, I just want to work on my music, man. Like, that's just indicative of the rest of the world. This cisgendered, white, airheaded dude is able to just focus and stress about his music and nothing else meanwhile everybody else running around dealing with real life issues and, in addition to trying to be good at whatever it is they're doing and it's like ugh this motherfucker but um so Josie is probably my favorite but then Veronica is Betty Jughead is <laughs> the whole cast is my favorite no um I'm still team Jughead cause I'm enjoying him and the way he's being portrayed But for this particular episode, I will say it's Josie and Veronica. Um, I enjoy seeing Polly. Um, I was excited when they found out that she wasn't crazy. She wasn't lying. But because she showed them now, I expect to see her again. So I'll put her in my back pocket. Because I think she will probably end up being someone, one of my favorites on one of these episodes. But right now, Josie's my favorite. And Veronica is a very, very close second. Uh, My favorite scene... Was that slow motion walk scene when Veronica joined the Pussycat Dolls and they did that traditional high school girl walk down the hall, the craft mean girl jawbreaker style slow motion walk where they're walking in slow motion and they're like flipping their hair and all this other shit and everybody's like off to the side like damn, damn Josie, damn Veronica, damn token black girl male, um, uh, like they I, I like that scene um even seeing Valerie and Archie against the lockers and this kind of like uh you're out of the group type of on Wednesdays we wear pink type of scene um but none that's probably not my favorite my absolute favorite collectively has been all of the dinner table scenes um but maybe mm, well no I'll say for this particular episode my favorite scene is the slow motion walker scene but Polly and Betty because it's I, from a show that we're getting so much from and a show that it's consistent and we kind of know the narrative which is we're trying to figure out who killed Jason Polly came in and just in two minutes of explaining her side of the story to Betty kind of just tore the ass off of the last five episodes like yes we got Jason's point of view yes we got Cheryl's point of view yes we got um, um Dilton Doyleys and and uh Grundy's and Archie's, but we this is first hand knowledge of this is what happened this is went down this excuse me this is what went down, so I think all of the poly scenes everyone when she was explaining to uh Betty what was going on and when she saw her mama in the hallway and was going to rip her head off um and then at the very end where we discover Polly has jumped out of a window um in the xavier school for wayward girls and she's ran away they didn't focus on but they did show that the glass had blood on it so she's out somewhere bleeding somewhere hopefully her baby is okay but I'm ready to see what the hell she do, cause I feel like she gonna come stumping into Riverdale with that pregnant stomach, <coughs> like it's Beyonce having triplets. Like, where the fuck is my man? Where, who the fuck killed him? She gonna be the one to discover the damn mystery. That way, I'm taking her off the table all the way. Like, there's no way she has killed Jason. Like, she's not in in this particular episode and at the time of this recording. Polly isn't some smart. Not smart. I wanna say she's not smart. She's not some diabolical evil genius who has set up the murder of her baby daddy slash boyfriend slash love of her life. So I'm taking her off the table completely. That may be too obvious. I don't give a damn. Polly, all her scenes have been my favorite. Um and then who killed Jason Blossom? Well, I'm gonna put Hiram at number one because where Alice was my number one but Hiram because uh, during recording this episode I came to the realization that Hiram went to jail or prison around the same time that Jason was murdered so hell why the hell not he got his hands and everything else in Riverdale and uh, let's have our fingers crossed that Hermione isn't murdered next so number one will be Hiram number two is that nun um, I feel like that nun that came to collect Polly and who has been like the mistress of the uh boarding school or whatever i think she's the one who was lurking in the shadows and ended up torching the car because i feel like maybe polly because she said she had been screaming from the moment they left the house till they got into the wayward youth school i feel like she may have said something about the car and maybe or she may be i don't know talked about jason and the nun who's getting paid by uh alice maybe didn't know that there was a car or didn't know the details and she just followed Betty and torched that motherfucker and I feel like she's may have been the one who just killed Jason off the strength of getting paid by um getting paid by Alice because what good enough motive as it is hell um my number three is Hal Cooper and I say Hal because I think Alice, by way of the nun, but I think Hal has enough anger in him where he would have... hell. if you done got everything from Sheriff Keller's house, you done broke in and took all that shit, you're motivated. Between that, between great-grandpa Cooper being murdered by great-grandpa Blossom, between your daughter having a baby, getting pregnant by the Blossoms who you hate, or even having a relationship, like, he has four, five, six different motives. So, at this point... Uh, Hiram, um, the evil nun, Hal, and then the fourth, which I think is not necessarily a plot twist, but I think the Blossoms. Um, Mother and father, is it Clifford and Penelope? Because we haven't gotten a story from their side, an episode from their side, but with everything that's going on so far, with Jason trying to get away from them and to connect with Polly, who I'm sure they think of as less than. They've forced him to break up with this girl. If you went that far, what's another step of murdering him just to keep him from uh, selling your family name? Because we've already seen last episode how little they uh feel about Cheryl. And if he's the golden prize prodigal son and he's making mistakes like this, well let's not let him tarnish the name either. Let's murder him. So yeah, I think they may have had something to do with it. So All in all, man, favorite character, Josie and Veronica, as a close second. Favorite scene was that slow-motion walking scene, but really every single scene Polly was in. And who killed Jason this week? I'll say Hiram. And then Alice was a nun, but Alice by way of the nun. Um, Three, Hal Cooper. And four, The Blossoms. Um, With that being said, whew, This has been one wild ride, and we got so much more to go. So join me next week um, for this next installment. Uh, But before that, you know, stay carefree and stay nerdy. And like I said before, stay away from any dinner, breakfast, lunch, brunch, mimosa table that has located anywhere in Riverdale. Because your ass is going to be murdered. You're going to be put on trial for murder. Or you're going to lose your pregnant baby. Like, any number of things gonna happen so until next time this has been welcome to riverdale